Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Vaibhav Shetty Experience, Episode 3 of Beyond the Gloves. And with... Uh, Singh, founder of Cross Train Fight Club, a 10-time National Jiu-Jitsu champion, and the person who's going to lead the Indian contingent to the Asian Games in China. Welcome to the show, Siddharth. Hi, Vaibhav. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, very good. Just uh, tired from all the uh -huh. training, but uh, exhausted, but all good. No days for off for you, I'm assuming. No days off. Today, by default, uh, I'm going late for training because we're doing this. But otherwise, I would already be training today. Oh, man, I'm really sorry to you know eat up on your uh, training time. I know you train very all, hard. <laughs> no, no, I needed, I needed uh, some rest time today. So I'm glad this is happening. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on this show. And, uh, you know, I just need to say, uh, I don't know if you've been following what the Vibosheti experience, but I typically have two parts of this. One is beyond the gloves, which was meant for the athletes. And one was the inside scoop meant for the people behind the scene, the coaches, the promoters, and, you know, the global body presidents, etc. And for you, right, I kept, you know, uh, figuring out where do I put you? But given the events of the last couple of weeks, right, you won the national title for the record 10th time. That is insane. 10 years ago, most people in India did not even know what Jiu-Jitsu was, I believe. And you were there in the fray competing. How does it feel? Yeah, it's, it's changed a lot. Um, you know, uh, 10 years ago, man, actually 11 years ago, we started CrossFit Fight Club. I came back from the UK uh, to start this. MMA thing, which nobody at the time knew what MMA was in 2012. Right. Um, yeah, I would talk about MMA so passionately and they would just make karate gestures and say, oh, you're doing kung fu karate. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, you know, fast forward five years, I think Ronda Rousey is the one who kind of uh, started to bring us uh, mainstream. People started to then say, oh, it's, it's what Brock Lesnar does or Ronda Rousey does. So started to get a bit more popular in like 16, 17. Uh, mm -hmm. And then obviously McGregor came and he took it uh, fourth. So, yeah, man, I've been competing since I think 2014 was my first tournament. Mm -hmm. And uh, it really came out from the necessity of I wanted our team to compete. And right. uh, people just didn't believe in themselves. Like, because 2012, 13, again, there were a lot of these uh, fake uh, martial art dojos that were around. And right. uh, how would and if there is a genuine school which comes up amongst a group of frauds, then how do you really stand out from the frauds? Well, you go compete. You put it on right. the mat, and uh, you know nobody. People can you know if you don't compete, people can say, oh, he's probably he's he's a fraud, he's a fake. But if you're going out there, if you're competing, if you're winning, this they can't say that anymore. So that was the reason why I went out and started competing in the nationals. Mm. Um, you know, that's how it first started off. That, oh, Nakli hair, Crosstrain is fake. I tried <laughs> winning stuff. Then they tried to say, oh, only wins in India. You know, they can't win abroad. So I started right. abroad and winning. So that's how it's kind of started off. It was really to just, you know, let people know, let Indians know that, you know, we have genuine fighters and authentic athletes, homegrown. That's how it started yeah. off, man. Perfect. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's very interesting you brought this up because, you know, this is something even I faced when I was, you know, uh, start, you know, starting MMA and I started quite late in my life. I believe you did as well. You had a corporate career before this. Uh, you were, were you an investment banker back in London? 
No man. Um, so I used to work for a brand management company. Got it. Uh, it's okay. a company called Pentlin Brands. So they uh-huh. owned around uh, 25 different brands in sports, lifestyle, and fashion. So right. so they owned uh, like I think I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing a Lacoste shirt. So Lacoste uh-huh. was owned uh-huh. by them. Uh, they owned uh, Ted Baker. They owned a bunch of brands: Kangaroos, Kickers, Speedo, the swimming brand. So they owned right. a bunch of them, and they hired me straight after after my master's degree. in economics i was doing my masters in economics from scotland and they mm-hmm. hired me straight from mm-hmm. college uh, on their graduate program and i worked for them for 5 years uh, i was heading their international business development for a italian brand uh, ls mm-hmm. in europe middle east africa so i was working with them for 5 years and uh, and yeah, i was i started off with boxing pretty early actually i started boxing when i was 12 years old uh, oh wow okay a, yeah, so i went to boarding school in dehradun called the dun school Uh-huh. and uh, their boxing was a sport and I, i kind of got thrown into it because my brother was a boxer and none of my batchmates wanted to box who wants mm-hmm. to box at the age of 12 man so right. um, <laughs> so yeah i was thrust into it tried boxing at 12 uh, then i did my economics honors from delhi couldn't find boxing anywhere back when i was in college and then again in the uk i tried to find boxing couldn't find it but one of my friends said oh there's this uh, thai boxing place check it out i said mm-hmm. oh going to be like boxing thai what's the difference and i went in i found out very quickly it's very different uh you start getting kicked in the face it's, right. <laughs> it's very different <laughs> oh that's insane so okay and and, and how did jiu jitsu come in did you start training jiu jitsu back in uh, london as well or yeah so it? in my in my uh, muay thai school uh uh-huh. they organized a jiu jitsu seminar and okay. uh, by that point i think i was uh, 23 24 I'd been boxing for 12 13 years Muay Thai for like 6 years so they right. called me for the jiu-jitsu thing and I had watched some UFC but uh, didn't really know jiu-jitsu so I went in for a mm-hmm. seminar I saw I reached a little late I saw people mm-hmm. crawling on the ground and I was like okay I'm going to sit this one out this is not something <laughs> that I want to do um and then when my coach was like listen uh, you know they understand they were like okay I know you don't want to do it but there's this girl there she doesn't have a partner you don't have to pay for the seminar uh, but you can just help her out you know just mm-hmm. she needs a partner so i just went in just trying to help her and right. uh, yeah rolled with her and then uh, didn't really drilled with her technique and then uh, later on the coach said okay now you can you guys can roll and she's <laughs> tiny like she's a small chick she was like 40 kilos 45 kilos max from iran right and she was a blue belt oh, wow. and yeah okay. the roll started and uh, i was like oh, training was so long so much bigger than her mm-hmm. and yeah bro literally like in uh, 15 seconds she mm-hmm. choked me unconscious i woke up <laughs> in the ceiling uh, complete blackout so i was like what the hell happened i was, I was like I she said yeah you just came in i got your neck and i you know guillotined you high elbow guillotine i was like mm-hmm. damn and then i told her okay let's go again this time i'll go a little harder and mm-hmm. i went 150% like i'm not going to lie <laughs> okay. i went in i went in for the kill you know the male uh-huh. ego was hurt so i went right. in and uh, I woke up 10 seconds later again looking at the ceiling completely out <laughs> uh, so I asked her like what happened and then she was like you came in I arm dragged you I took your back I took your back and choked you unconscious mm-hmm. you didn't tap put you out so <laughs> that's that was my that was my first class in jiu-jitsu where this small girl from Iran choked me unconscious twice and mm-hmm. I realized man she's 40 I'm 70 30 kilos weight difference and right. uh, she's putting me out so easily man if mm-hmm. I learn this I can put out 100 kilo people you know essentially right. and i wasn't mm-hmm. a guy off the street i had been training i had been competing in boxing and muay thai and she was mm-hmm. putting me out easy 
so right. that was what kind of the motivation and then uh, you know i also tried to see it from an indian perspective i i was thinking that you know a lot of women get attacked all the mm-hmm. time in india so i just thought right. that if if indian women can learn this it's so strong like anyone mm-hmm. attacks them on the street mm-hmm. they can triangle them and armbar them and just you know that's what i was thinking uh, right so that's how i started off with jiu jitsu oh that is awesome that is awesome thank you for sharing the story i mean that that is something you don't experience unless you get onto the mat with somebody so, yeah. so much lighter than you but so much more capable and that's an eye opener to be honest uh and yeah, i'm i'm glad you got to experience that and you know because of that we are where we are where you are leading one of the best combat you know schools in india um and yeah for people who don't know this uh anshul jubli trains with you right and you led him to the ufc uh i believe he has a contract now with the ufc for multiple fights yeah yeah Yes. Yeah, so so he uh, the sto- the story of Anshul is he came to us in 2018 and uh, he came in at a great time because that time our gym was full of killers like that's the time when we were at the peak of our jiu-jitsu now it's more of an MMA place but back then it was mm-hmm. it's like hardcore jiu-jitsu academy we had like 40 national champions on the mat at, at one point uh, right. so he came in mm-hmm. and somebody came uh, Punjit Likharu came to me actually I remember he came to mm-hmm. me he was one of our top fighters from india um, and he came and he's like coach there's this one guy and he seems to say that he's never trained before but he's really good i think he's sandbagging and so people who don't know what sandbagging is uh, people who know jiu-jitsu or know a martial art they come into a new club and they say mujhe to kuch aata nahi i don't know anything so that's right. sandbagging uh, mm-hmm. so punya was convinced that this anshul jubli guy was sandbagging he trained before Uh, mm-hmm. so i spoke to i saw him rolling really had like, he was good he had his you know he didn't know the fundamentals but he was moving mm-hmm. the right way so i spoke right. to him after the class he said coach i've never trained before i've had amateur fights i won four amateur fights but mainly mm-hmm. because of looking at youtube fights i learned stuff from youtube and i've never really had formal training and i believed him and then uh, and yeah seeing him progress uh, through jiu-jitsu he had a great group to start with a bunch of our blue belts helped him out and yeah he grew i mean improved so much national talent but he was really hungry really passionate and yeah look at him now like he's he's the face of indian <laughs> mma he's uh, right. he won the road to the ufc tournament at lightweight uh, killing it yeah he's got a you know he's got a full contract with the ufc so i mean awesome right <laughs> that is that is great and yeah t- talking about your club and you said you have multiple national champions i remember the sports jiu jitsu india federation they had the asian open at the telkatra stadium out there and yeah. i was competing back then you know i competed in the uh, i believe the 84 kg and the open weight i reached okay. the finals of all four you know gi and nogi i lost nice. three of them all three against cross train fight club oh, and no. the one final one final where a cross train fight club player was not present i won that one so oh, nice. yeah It, it it was insane seeing the quality of guys you put on the on the mats and i believe you guys won the best team in that uh, tournament as well yeah we won the best gi team and the best overall team uh, we right. came second in nogi uh, primarily because they did gi first uh-huh. and then once you finished gi weight and absolute they didn't same guys had to go after lunch doing nogi right uh, yeah. a lot of the people just pulled out they are too tired we six four six times we're not competing <laughs> um, right. because and the nogi guys a lot of nogi guys just do nogi they don't do gi Uh, yeah so that was yeah. they should have done it on multiple days i think we could have done mm. better in nogi but right. uh, but yeah i'm not complaining yeah we won the asian championship and you know thank you for saying 
because of the grassroots level i think our guys have been putting in the effort um mm. without much recognition because nobody cares like nobody cares if you win these yeah. tournaments in talkutra stadium or whatever but it's still a lot of for the people competing it's a big it's a big deal a lot of them right. are competing for the first time mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah it's it's grassroots it's what you know because the sport is just starting i think all those wins and all those championships they mean a lot right and you know how does your family feel about this because i know indian family are not big on the you know the children getting into sports and you know when you started it would have been even more so how was your family with this entire you know journey? yeah you went you went deep there with that question <laughs> um, painful question yeah because because a uh, lot of the fighters today you know 18 19 year old um, they're getting into it they can look at anshul and they can say okay maybe maybe there's a path for me now to the ufc when right. i came back i had a few things not going for me number one i had a full time job in the uk mm-hmm. so i had to leave that job and uh, you know i had a masters degree in economics and my uh, university had offered me you know if you ever want to come back and do a phd we are here for you so i had a bunch of options you know mba was another option i had a bunch of options on the plate and to mm-hmm. chuck all of that and to leave that life in the uk to come back to india to start a sport which nobody knew uh right. that was a really difficult uh, decision and my parents you know they were they were not very pushy but i could tell that they weren't very pleased with uh, with the decision because again who wants their child to struggle you know who wants right. uh, wants them to leave a stable job and come back and struggle uh, so no they didn't want that but i was just really passionate about uh, starting this because every time i would come back home uh, on holidays to delhi i would never find a good place to train you know there, mm-hmm. there would always be these karate places that were claiming to teach mma and i remember there was one story which kind of was the catalyst where me my brother my sister in law they just recently been married they were very excited about mma because i was always telling them about it and i was in delhi and i asked them oh let's go train you know we were in east of kalash we said let's go work out let's go find an mma place so i googled this place was like 5 kilometers from my brother's place we went there and it was a terrible experience uh, <laughs> the coach didn't know what he was teaching he was you know not not behaving like a coach he was behaving more like a dictator he mm-hmm. ended up getting into a fight with me in the middle of the class because i was trying to tell my brother how to kick mm-hmm. i'm not even like i'm st- on the side you know class is not going on class like he's told everyone do push ups and sit ups and whatever and he's having chai and i'm right. so my brother can't kick he's also from a boxing background never kicked before mm-hmm. so i was just showing him on the side i think if you if you step out and you turn the hips you'll get a better kick now this coach decides to take it personally that you know i don't know what <laughs> and he gets into a fight with me uh mm-hmm. it was a terrible experience and my sister in law just walked out saying like what is this nonsense like this is terrible right. uh and then she was kind of the person who said listen you should start this because these guys are just going to kill your sport uh, at least in delhi so that was right. sort of kind of the motivation mm-hmm. i was like okay if no one's going to do it and the scene so bad uh, i mm-hmm. might as well come and do it so right. yeah that's how it kind of started oh that that is awesome and uh, one of the thing you know i have faced growing you know when i started mma and jiu jitsu was you know something i got into because i kept getting taken down because india has really good wrestlers but once on the ground they have no idea what to do or they had no idea what to do i think now the change seems different and i realize even if i knew the fundamentals of jiu jitsu ju- ju- uh, it helped a lot and i would go in and obviously we were training mainly no gi and when i was wearing a gi i was wearing a white belt and people come up to say you know mere beta karate mein black belt hai you know yeah. and you know that that mentality is there because every 
Tom, Dick, and Harry out there has a black belt in karate. And then they see Jiu-Jitsu guys struggling for years to go from white to blue and blue to, you know, purple, etc. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's a very different sport. And I, you know, the good thing about India is we have not, we do not have McDojos giving out belts, at least, you know, for, for most part. So Jiu-Jitsu is, you know, it's, it's very structured and it's very difficult to prom- get promoted. But did you face this kind of issues, comments from your students, from parents, from the students' parents saying, you know, my son has been training for so long. Why is he still a white or a blue belt? So many times. I still get it. People still come to join the <laughs> club and they're like, how long before he gets his black belt in Jiu-Jitsu? And I said, I still haven't got it. So once I get it, I can tell you about it because I haven't got it yet. But, uh, but yeah, to come to come back to your point, there are, uh, so okay, for just Jiu-Jitsu grading, I think you got to segregate two. I've always segregated two different uh, genres. One is uh, lifestyle. So a lot of people okay. do Jiu-Jitsu for their lifestyle, for fitness, for health. That's a separate separate criteria. And there's a competition uh, belt as well, which is completely right. different. I've, I think you've got to segregate the, them into two different categories. Um, mm-hmm. So McDojo scene, I think, comes in if if that lifestyle element gets out of hand. You know, right. uh, if if, it, if there's an academy and they don't train or they don't roll hard, but they're giving belts based on, uh, you know, attendance and stuff, then yeah, that's an issue. Uh, we've had a few instances uh, in India, but they've been called out pretty quickly, you know, uh, right. because because everybody who's actually worked hard and got a belt doesn't mm-hmm. want the sport to, uh, you know, go the karate route. Uh, right. But having said that, right. I think as the sport grows, it will become more and more common because again, you know, a lot of the instructors, they want to keep their dojos open and, uh, you know, they have to kind of grade the students so that the students don't leave and go somewhere else. I've had instances where students have left, like Crosstrain is infamous for not giving belts. Right. Um, you know, we, fuck, I mean, five years for a blue belt is generally an average at Crosstrain. You train for five years. One of our students, mm-hmm. Jay, he just mm-hmm. got his blue belt, five years mm-hmm. of training. Man, he, mm-hmm. he could have just gone anywhere else three years ago and got a blue belt. You know, but he stuck right. on. Um, and we've had a lot of students who who stopped training with us, went somewhere else and got promoted. Um, right. So it's always going to be an issue as the sport grows. More higher belts are there. They're going to promote mm-hmm. people more quickly. And I think right. the reason why we, have, we don't have more black belts is I think quite a few. And I'm going to not say it just because I'm here. Mm-hmm. A lot of people privately have messaged me and asked me, when am I getting my black belt? Because mm-hmm. once I get it, I think then they can safely go out and get it themselves. Uh, but right <laughs> now, I feel if, if, if they get it, they're going to mm-hmm. get called out. Uh, right. So my, me holding on to brown <laughs> is definitely holding back a lot of people. I'm telling you, the day I get my black, you'll see mm-hmm. five, six other guys getting getting their blacks as well. Very soon. <laughs> right. Uh, that, that, is, that is awesome. Yeah. And you know, in in a way, I love it that the Indian uh, scene holds people accountable, and people just can't go out and declare, you know, I'm the best and I have a black belt, uh, because if we do right, uh, it, it's going to be horrible for the sport. And you know, I'm out here in the US, and uh, there is a Gracie Barra in every neighborhood, and I found nearest Gracie Barra to try and train out there, and I gave them a bit of a background, and their email reply to me is, "We do not really compete. We may not be the right gym for you." So, yeah, back in India, I don't think any people who, anybody, any gym which trains jiu-jitsu would say this to me. You know, uh, people who do train There are jiu-jitsu gyms, bro. No, 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 there, no, would there be. are gyms that, yeah, okay. there are a few gyms that don't want you to compete. Uh, uh-huh. They look down upon competitors, they look down upon 
I mean, it's their thing. It's not right or wrong. But yeah, just right. to come to a point, yeah. there are gyms in India which don't want you to compete for whatever yeah. reason. But uh, they look down over. They they think it's it's showing off and it's blah blah blah. I mean, so I don't I don't agree to it. But uh, it is what mm-hmm. it is. Right. So uh, you know, we touched upon your sports. In, you you competing in jiu jitsu. Did you ever compete in boxing, kickboxing, or MMA in the past? Yeah. So in my school, when I got got into boxing, the reason why I got into it because uh, boxing was a sport. and we had five houses and each house had to you know take part ha- had to send a fighter in each weight class so i've been competing in boxing since 12 man uh, so every year from 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 all those six years i boxed uh, i lost every year semi finals or finals i lost 12 at 12 13 14 it's finally in uh, class 12 when i was 18 mm-hmm. after losing for five years i was finally like man i need to stop losing this is too much <laughs> You, you lose in front of all your friends, all your, you know, juniors, seniors, teachers. I got sick of it, and I trained so hard. For a three-month season, I trained for twelve months, man. I didn't wow. from my class eleven when I lost to the next uh, bout a year later. I trained every single day, mm-hmm. and that's how I won. Mm-hmm. And I think because I trained so hard and lost so much, even after I won in class twelve, I still had that momentum of like, I'm not stopping. <laughs> right. I continue to train. I never stopped. So I never stopped mm-hmm. training. I, I think every day. I've trained forever, so I've been competing since 12. I competed in Muay Thai in the UK as well, uh, okay. but Jiu-Jitsu started competing when I came back to India. Right. Uh, perfect. And uh, one of the things people ask me, and you know, sometimes it's difficult to you know answer them. They're like, you know, you're fighting, so how much money do you get? And you know, mm-hmm. when I'm a professional, I do get paid. But back when I was you know t- fighting amateur MMA or even Jiu-Jitsu. that's not how it works you know you don't typically get paid in fact you pay an entry fee and you go and fight samne yeah. yaar main paise deke ladne jata hu and people would look at me as if i am insane and have you faced that issue as well yeah completely uh, there's so many <laughs> tournaments where uh, even even right now when i won the national championship uh, mm-hmm. i think 10th time i right. mean they i'm winning it for the 10th time i'm qualifying for the asian games but i'm not getting paid anything for it Thankfully, they didn't charge anything for it. Also, but I didn't get paid anything for it. So a lot of people will ask, well, how, "How much did you get paid?" Yeah, I get paid nothing for uh, winning domestically. But for example, I compete at the AGP circuit, which is Abu Dhabi Jiu-Jitsu Pro, and they have a yearly calendar. And if you if you rank really well in AGP, you get paid. Uh, right. I recently was approached by Copa de Malaysia. They they invited me to take part in the Brown Belt Invitational. There was cash prize there, but it, mm-hmm. there is a process. Like you. you can't you know when you're just learning the sport and i think if you're a white belt blue belt you just starting off in the sport you can't expect to get paid and th- we've had a lot of discussions uh, sitting around at at cross train and with like other gyms as well you know you can't claim oh pay me i'm fighting no bro you you just starting off you're still just learning the the basics you know if you're in, if you're playing cricket you're going to the nets you're not getting paid you know to go and play in the nets or practice matches so that's what it is unless you go pro and you you know if you win the adcc you know you mm-hmm. get paid you even in india you when we run adcc india we mm-hmm. give the best grappler of the tournament cash prizes we always do that because they deserve to get paid we are not going to give you know someone who's won white belt category whether two people we're not going to pay them because man right they're not the best that doesn't make sense and they they they're there for the experience so you you fight initially you you pay but obviously as the sport grows if we can get good sponsors on board i think all, all the good organizers will be happy to pay fighters more and more but mm-hmm. 
you can't expect to get paid when honestly if you're not good if you're not good enough you've not won anything but you you saying i'm not taking part in this tournament because i won't get paid bro you need to win first talk right. about getting paid after you start winning you win a bunch of things doors will open you don't want to compete on the excuse that oh, i won't get paid so i'm not competing man that doesn't make any sense compete put your name out there mm-hmm. even if like you know if i'm winning these national championships okay maybe i'm not getting paid by the organizer but so right. many brands approach uh, me wanting to sponsor me or you know doors open up so mm-hmm. i'm not so fast about you know paying and competing uh, because i know with each win it opens new doors and new opportunities right perfect uh, you know just coming back to jiu jitsu and you know the asian games that uh, you know uh, going to happen and it is incredible that during our i did not imagine in our lifetime we'll see the sport in the asian games or even the olympics you know olympics it's is still a long way away but the fact that it's now in the asian game that's a massive achievement for the community uh but the last time i remember the first time it got included in 2018 i believe there was an indian contingent which was supposed to go and for some reason i think believe the visa issues is what was publicly you know declared but i really don't know what the issues were but the contingent never went out there uh how how is it different this time you know in, in terms of organizing the team and you know getting things in place to make sure the team actually goes out there yeah i didn't know about the 2018 uh, thing at all i didn't even know there was an indian team that was supposed to go i had no idea nobody told okay. me uh okay. i was just told that this is the first time an indian team is being sent they're doing right. the trials mm-hmm. would you want to take part and the way it went out is they invited all the champions from previous years to come and take mm-hmm. part and and do these trials so it was a invite only and mm-hmm. i got invited because i won the championship three times not in the recent right. years the last mm-hmm. time i won uh, at their federation was 2018 i think okay uh, so they reached out and because i've been winning at agp they were like okay mm-hmm. uh, come and try out see you know if you're as good as the other champions and yeah i right. won uh, i won all three of my fights won all three mm-hmm. by submissions Nice. Uh, so yeah, like don't don't you're in you're you're fighting. Um, right. So I didn't know about 2018. I was mm-hmm. told about this one only recently, and right. it's a phenomenal thing. Like it's 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 sanctioned, not sanctioned, but the Indian Association of uh, Jiu Jitsu is is recognized now by the Indian Olympic uh, Committee. So committee. it Thank it's you. the first step. I think if it goes well uh, this time at the Asian Games, who knows? Maybe. doors open for the olympics but uh, it's a it's a great start like i i like you said like i know i didn't believe that you two will be in the asian games at least in my lifetime and the fact that i'm going to compete uh, it's an absolute honor and uh, can't believe it still can't believe it right exactly and uh, you know uh, when i was growing up you know i'm sure even when you were growing up uh, the pinnacle of sports apart from cricket when you look at you know uh, the olympics there were any sport which basically uh, get to the olympic the asian games the commonwealth games and the medal winners typically would get the arjuna award or the dronacharya award now when i heard competing mma jiu jitsu you know obviously uh, none of those things were even accessible to us we didn't even think about it but now yeah. you're going to the asian games suddenly technically you are eligible for both the arjuna award and the dronacharya award as a coach theoretically and uh, i i don't know what's going to happen in the future but the fact that you know jiu jitsu athletes are now technically eligible and if somebody wins one of those prizes i think it might be a game changer for the game uh, for, for the sport out there in my opinion uh, i may be jumping the gun but just me getting excited with the fact that you know you guys are going out there and we are now on the same level as what these olympic sports are uh, 
what what are your thoughts on that or did you even think about on on these lines yeah. no man i didn't even think about it and uh, and and i was already under pressure and now after you said all this i am under even more pressure oh i'm uh, really sorry <laughs> not at all but no it's it, it's just a great uh, it's a great opportunity and uh, you know I was speaking to someone earlier today and the the discussion was around how young the sport is in india and how right. little support we've got um, from the administrators generally if you're competing for example our weight classes that the asians are going to have close to 100 fighters uh, so you know two three people from each country and uh, and most of them i mean almost all of them are training either in brazil or the us or europe with international coaches training with multiple black belts and here we are in india with you know essentially blue belts training with blue belts uh, i am always training with like white belts blue belts and a couple of purple belts uh it's almost unfair you know uh, the lack of exposure that our team has got uh, because still such a new sport in india so it's going to change obviously uh, i think the reason why people call certain people pioneers or all of that is because they went through these obstacles and right now in india it is very difficult to to compete internationally because we don't have high level uh, international coaches you know four degree black belts from brazil or right. us coming and training us we are just watching fights studying them breaking it down learning things teaching to the students for then playing up so it's a lot of work uh, which which needs to be done to get to the next level which if you had a really high level black belt mm-hmm. he could just shorten the process and tell you okay this is the guard you need to play these are the sweeps you want to look at these are the submissions okay. you know it just fast tracks the entire process um right but that's the difficulty like we're going for asians we're going to obviously try our best you know uh, from cross train we've got me at 69 kilos we've got tarun yadav who's uh, who's fighting at 62 kilos and we have An- anvisha deb uh, the first female to make it to uh, the asian games she's fighting at minus 48 kilos so mm-hmm. so we've mm-hmm. been brainstorming we sit down every day and we go through fights we study fights we look at techniques we look at what works in our game what doesn't work in our game so there's a lot of work that goes in and uh, i mean we're going to try our best to you know do uh, hopefully win a medal but it's mm-hmm. you know it's very difficult and it's it's a very difficult tournament it's a very difficult competition but we'll try our best i mean who knows what happens on the day but we're going to prepare with everything we've got no uh, you know uh, I, i you know i'll be following your journey throughout and uh, i think the biggest thing for me today is a uh, you know i would be inspired by athletes and you know there were sports i never even heard of but if they in the olympics or the asian games or commonwealth games and indians are taking part i would typically try and get a feed because the feed keeps switching sport to sport right and when i would see some some sport i didn't know about i would read up a little bit more about it and get excited and i'm sure a lot of people in india do that the fact that you guys are competing you know no pressure on you win lose whatever but when you compete on the day and if you guys come on mainstream tv even if one kid gets inspired by you guys and takes up jiu jitsu i think that's a big win for us and i think we are on the right path and you know that's that's a massive achievement and and i really commend you for you know getting us there to be honest yeah yeah thanks man i appreciate it and and, and then i that's always been the goal you know the whole goal for me coming back was to grow the sport in india uh, right. it wasn't about the money or the fame or you know which to be honest isn't there in the sport even now uh, yeah so it's always been about growing the sport in india growing it at the grassroots level and if you know if anshul wins that's a huge boost to the indian community not just to cross train fight club or to me for the entire community everyone 
then there's hope there's there's a way that anshul can make it to the ufc anyone can and same mm-hmm. thing with like tarun anvesh or myself you know if if mm-hmm. we can get win a medal put on a good show that's again a lot of kids will have to fight a lot less with their parents to convince them to do the sport because right now it's a very very difficult challenge to convince your mm-hmm. parents to let you do the sport exactly right that that that's exactly right and uh, coming to the fa- you know the uh, fact that you know you're competing in uh, this is nevada right and uh, yeah every tournament or every promoter who puts an event out there typically they do these minor tweaks in the rules and every time you as a competitor have to go out there you have to you know make sure it's in your mind because if you're used to competing in one way or you know used to point being awarded in in, in one way getting used to the new system is difficult right was it very difficult in this part where when you were training for the asian games is it very different from yeah, the other tournaments you mean very very different very different we generally complete compete like i said me tarun and vishabhi compete a lot in the agp circuit which is very close to uh the asian championship rule set but it's also it has some differences which i still haven't figured out yet because in my fight the last uh, so they did the asian championship earlier this year and i had to fight this guy from philippines and mm-hmm. the time at the time the fight ended the score was 1-1 we both had the same number of points and then it went to golden point which is whoever gets the first point and in right. agp and overtime you can pull guard and uh, you know if you can sweep the guy you you win or if he passes your guard he wins so overtime mm-hmm. we went in i pulled guard and i lost and i didn't understand why right. and then uh, same thing happened with tarun's fight scores equal mm-hmm. he went goes into overtime he pulls guard and he's uh, opponent is awarded two points and the opponent wins so we are very confused we're still trying to figure out uh, the mm-hmm. rule set because the booklet that we got we thought you can pull guard um, right. and in agp we lost fights because we did not pull guard so there's a little confusion happening but i'm sure as we get closer to the tournament we'll get more clarity we have mm-hmm. asked the association to you know put us in touch with one of the referees who can really talk us through all the small minor points because uh, mm-hmm. yeah you're right there is small subtle changes and at that level every small detail uh, can cost you and it cost me it cost tarun in our last tournament and we want to make sure we don't do it again right and uh, the last asian games which happened uh, uae dominated the jujitsu ju- scene you know uh, it wasn't by a big margin but you know they were the best country out there uh do you think that's part of the reason uh, i mean is it partly because of the adcc circuit happening out there and you know exposure to so many coaches and athletes or what what's your take uh, on the scene in uae is i mean phenomenal because because they have jiu jitsu mandatory in every school you know all wow, the okay. kids have access to uh, jiu jitsu training from mm-hmm. when they join school at the early age they have jiu jitsu they have they've gone out and they've got some of the best coaches from around the world black belts to come and be instructors in schools where they are taught jiu-jitsu at a very young age so this ha- started happening in like 2010 onwards where they hired it and then those kids who started off as you know very young 5 year or 6 year olds are now 17 18 killers because they've been training jiu-jitsu you know since forever and uh, and it's starting to show results now you're starting to see that uh, apart from brazil and us i feel mm-hmm. uh, because when we go for the world championships in uh, in abu dhabi every year right apart from brazil you know nobody is really able to compete with uh, uae it's always brazil comes first and then uae comes second and we're talking about the world stage and wow. in asia when yeah. uae stands alone I mean, they've got such good talent 
mm-hmm. such good infrastructure they have tournaments that happen every week in uh, wow. uae so mm-hmm. so that's the reason why the sport has grown so far they have administrators who are who really want to succeed and i think they are the reason why the sport is also in the the asian games because they've really been pushing it um right. so yeah i think again this time uae will do really well um mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the infrastructure and that's why i'm really hoping like if one of our guys can do well maybe our mm-hmm. government can come forth and give us the support that they gave other sports uh right. like the support that right. you get uh in football or hockey or boxing or wrestling if we get that kind of support i promise you like next 4 to 8 years india is going to be uh, on the map as well of international jiu jitsu fingers crossed we get that man fingers crossed we get that <laughs> um and hopefully there's no no politics from the other sports thing that you know why you you taking our athlete because you know typically in combat sports this does happen uh, and a lot of traditional combat sports don't want the athletes to train uh, jiu jitsu or even mma and uh, you know muay thai because they believe that they are the best athletes they have out there may shift over to these disciplines uh, hopefully that doesn't happen and you know we can just you know be as a sport on our own as jiu jitsu and be able to you know go ahead um right uh coming back to you know the formats uh it's fairly simple in the asian games right there there are no belt levels there are just weight levels and you know there's a simple rule set uh but you know when you go out competing there is all sorts of categories you know there's uh, it's it's by belt it's by weight it's by age as well they got masters categories now then you got the combat jiu jitsu which is coming up uh, massively especially in the us and there you know belts don't matter uh typically you know you just turn up and uh, and it, you know it can it, if the athletes are, are talented it can be quite a big show you know because there are people who are just used to pulling guard and you know working from there but when strikes are involved it suddenly changes the game uh, what's your take on this and do you have a favorite format among all of these well i i can talk about uh, gi and nogi because again you you got to segregate gi and nogi because uh, yeah it's almost like now it's become like two different sports Uh, right. my favorite right. format for nogi is the adcc rule set i think mm-hmm. adcc rule set till today is the most exciting rule set uh, for people who don't know what the rule set is in adcc if it's a 10 round 10 minute fight the first 5 minutes is no points and the second 5 minutes there's points so it's a mix of both first 5 minutes you can do whatever the hell you feel like you can right. pull guard you can take him down you can wrestle him try crazy submissions and the second half because they want a result Mm-hmm. second half is points so you've got right. a mixed strategy in there as well so that's what makes adcc such a exciting uh, rule set uh, mm-hmm. you know and and again with with india when we organize adcc in india man the fights are phenomenal i can't take my eyes off it they're so mm-hmm. exciting and you see the talent coming through it's amazing so yeah in nogi i would say that adcc rule set is my favorite and the most exciting um, mm-hmm. and with with gi gi rule set is generally pretty linear like IBJJF is quite quite similar to uh, AJP, which is quite similar to uh, Sport Jiu-Jitsu Federation. So they all yeah. Jiu-Jitsu ones are pretty much uh, similar in the rules. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, in Nogi it goes a bit crazy because you have an EBI rule set, you have combat Jiu-Jitsu. Man, I'm not right. a big fan of uh, of e- the EBI rule set because a lot of people stall out an actual fight and just yeah. they just focus on overtime. Right. Uh, so like if you and a grappling and if i just train to train overtime i'm going to stall mm-hmm. you or rakhi running away for 10 minutes because i know i have mm-hmm. a great back system or a great armbar but maybe right. in a real life i won't be able to take your, take your back in a real role yeah. you, you know, so that's why i don't like the ebi rule set so much um, mm-hmm. 
I love the ADCC rules there. That thing that's the best. Uh, mm-hmm. Combat Jiu-Jitsu again. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. I'm like, if you want to do MMA, do MMA. Like, if you want to do Jiu-Jitsu, <laughs> what's this in the middle? Like, this doesn't make sense. If if okay. you want to slap someone in the face, fight MMA, punch him in the <laughs> face. So I'm not again. Gi, do gi. If you're doing no gi, ADCC is the best one. I do MMA. Like this. I don't want to like. Right. This is confusing for me. <laughs> I have not watched a single combat jiu-jitsu fight. I just can't watch it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it 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 gets intense. You know, I, I managed to compete in one, and for some reason they put me in the 205 category, which was like yeah. a lot heavier. Uh, Big boys. Not a yeah, not a comfortable experience. Uh, you know, to say the least. Uh, some of it gets exciting, but you're right. You know, if it goes to overtime, you know. Uh, and they put you in those positions, you know, advantage, disadvantage, you know, it, it, it's a little silly because in one way they said that, you know, it's it's supposed to simulate a real uh, street fight, which is why they said the slap, slaps come in. But then you have that overtime rule, which doesn't make sense. But uh, people enjoy watching it because out here, especially, right, people, uh, jujitsu gets boring for people. They say nothing is yeah. happening. Although, there are, yeah. you know, even when you're not moving, you are doing stuff and a person competing knows that. But I think it's from a spectator point of view that combat jiu-jitsu is so much, you know. For sure, uh, for sure. I, I think I think jiu-jitsu is only watched by competitors and their families. And that's that's pretty <laughs> exactly. much it. Nobody else watches jiu-jitsu. <laughs> jiu-jitsu is because it's so technical, man. It's so technical. There's so many guards, and I remember a couple of our MMA guys were just sitting and watching us roll, and mm-hmm. we were stuck in this one position, 50-50, and we we're trying to feed lapels and making it. And they were just like, Coach, what the hell are you guys doing? We stuck in this position for six minutes. And they thought, and they literally said, why don't you just stand up? And I said, okay, come here. Come here, I'll put you there. I'll feed the lapel. And now you try and stand up. And then you're like, oh shit, you're stuck, completely stuck. Uh, right. You have all these lapel guards. That are... So yeah, it's not it's not visually very exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. But from an athlete point of view, when you actually start doing it, you realize you know how technical and beautiful it is. So so yeah, spectator point of view, for sure. Yeah, EBI rule set, exciting. Uh, slapping in the face, super exciting, and which is why I think that the slapping fighting championship or whatever it's called, yeah, uh, slap, you know, yeah. Started, you know yeah. It's, it's exciting, but is it? I don't know, man. I'm, I can't watch it. It's too brutal for me. No, and that's just asking for concussions, right? I mean, uh, in combat jiu-jitsu, you're still defending yourself. There, you're just yeah. waiting for somebody to slap you, and you will end up with a concussion no matter what happens. Uh, so, for sure. but to each his own. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Who wants? A lot of us are now. You know, I'm not. I'm not 21 anymore. Uh, yeah. I don't want to get any brain damage. I want to keep right. my brain safe. Uh, so right. I don't want to get slapped right. in the face while I'm trying to do jiu-jitsu. <laughs> right. It makes sense. Makes sense. And uh, is is you know um, one of the uh, eye openers for me. You know, when I started training, and when I started training jiu-jitsu, I had nobody to reach out to in Bangalore. Thankfully, I found Rama Reddy. And he was opening a new place close to my house and I started training with him. And my intention was to train Jiu-Jitsu for MMA, which is why it was all no-gi. Uh, when Sport Jiu-Jitsu India Federation came in, they had the gi competition, right? So I got myself a gi, I started competing. And an eye-opener for me was, after two matches, my fingers didn't work. Yeah. Because I wasn't used to pulling the lapels and, you know, making use of, you know, the the other person's, you know, uh, the belt, the lapel, whatever. Uh, Has anybody come and told you these things, you know, which may seem very small, but uh, you realize, you know, later that because you've been training, you're used to it. But, you know, a common person or person new to the sport is not used to it at all. Uh, 
Yeah, nobody told me because nobody knew in India. Because nobody <laughs> had done it before. Like when we started off, I remember I met Rama Reddy in 2014. He uh-huh. reached out and he uh-huh. said, "I'm a purple belt. You're a purple belt at the time, and uh, right. I want to teach you something." And I'm like, "Yeah, come down, bro." We didn't even do gi at the time, and uh-huh. uh, and yeah, when we started doing gi, one of my first tournaments, uh, and again, we didn't have many training partners. We didn't have much in the gi. We were basically doing no gi, wearing a gi. That's what we were doing. Okay. And we started off, and yeah. we came back from the tournament. came back from one of my fights where i really could not feel my forearms like forearms <laughs> yeah. were wrecked and i was and i trained really hard for that camp i trained very hard and i couldn't feel my forearms this is in the uk and right. my fingers were just like i felt like i got arthritis in my fingers like 80 those <laughs> yeah. fingers i couldn't believe it so then i started speaking to the black belts there uh, and i said listen what is, is this normal like what's happening and they were like yeah if you train in the key uh, and no, it's not even like it gets better it never gets better because mm-hmm. you know at once you get used to the grips grips at, uh, at at blue belt in competition purple belt is a different level you're going to get gassed right. again your forearms are going to die fingers are going to die uh, right. you get used to it at purple belt you enter brown belt and fuck those killers are like <laughs> you get exhausted and dead or what helped me out a little bit was you know i i managed to tie up with this uh, one brand called gorilla rolls uh, mm-hmm. they are my mm-hmm. uh, sponsors as well So they gave me these finger tapes, which are my lifesavers. Like you will not see me roll without finger tapes because if you're training gi five days, six days a week, twice a day, your fingers are going to take a beating, and you need something to take care of them. Like I'm not, like I said, I'm not 21, so I my body does not heal and recover as quickly as it used to. So I need all the help I can, and I tape those. I tape these fingers tight with gorilla rolls uh, every day. and that's the reason why i'm still uh, i can still re- write and type and all of that <laughs> nice so you know if if somebody starting jiu jitsu so you know what are the must have kits for them in their gym bag or duffel bag as per you uh if you're starting off jiu jitsu i am a strong proponent of doing the gi so you should get a gi for yourself to start off with um mm-hmm. you know if you're doing no gi rash guard is an absolute must you need to stop training in t-shirts here because yeah. t-shirts firstly in the middle of the roll the t-shirt comes up and now someone's head is stuck in your hairy stomach you know it's not fun for anyone um, right. so please wear a rash guard everyone please wear a gi just basics uh, not a kit but it's it's a bit of a thing that please use a deodorant before class uh, please <laughs> yeah. cut your nails uh, just like basic hygiene uh, mm-hmm. very important because in india people don't they don't know they'll just wear a t-shirt and come for class they won't shower they'll wear dirty clothes you know right. you're not the one suffering with your mm-hmm. body odor it's your partner who's suffering so please think about your partner don't scratch you know if your long is when you try to grab his hand you're actually scratching him and then he has to go home and answer to his parents or his girlfriend why he's got scratch marks all over his neck <laughs> uh, right. you know it's, it can be dangerous for them um, and then and and yeah if you're you know if you're scared of getting uh, hurt you know a gum shield is a good one to go for generally mm-hmm. they don't recommend wearing a groin guard when you're doing jiu jitsu right. because you can break someone's arm very easily with an arm bar so gum yeah. shield avoid if you're doing wrestling you can probably wear it but for bjj you should not but that's pretty much it man these are just basics you know finger rolls are very good if your fingers you're doing gi you know you don't want to get it broken so you can uh, you can have that uh, if you're going mm-hmm. for a tournament and you've got this is a tip i i give to all our students if you're going for a tournament and you have an injured wrist mm-hmm. please don't tape it up because as soon as you tape it up your opponent knows what to go for right. if you're going to tape it up tape both you know so he doesn't know which one to go after um, right so yeah just just small things you should keep in mind 
just basic business basic basic things like it's nothing complicated uh, get a good ghee i mean that's what i would say get a good ghee it's going to la- last you a really long time uh, good rash guard shorts without pockets just basic things you should you should have right in talking about ghee right when i got my first ghee you know uh, even thomasetti he had his uh, you know a brand and he was based out of delhi at that time and i had no idea and i got his ghee which i did not realize was not a competition ghee it was a training ghee so the first one when i went to they didn't notice they let me compete the next one when they like you don't oh, compete rip, in this that was the rip stop material yeah 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 yeah, yeah, uh, yeah yeah so for the people out there you know could you just you know uh, give them a very you know easy way to figure out what ghee to buy and how to buy it don't buy a karate ghee to start with <laughs> you know you go to amazon you look at the cheapest 1500 rupee ghee if you if that's what it costs it's probably the wrong one uh you need to get a jujitsu ghee which is generally made of cotton um you know with maybe some polyester in it but generally if it's if it's got any sort of rip stop material it's got a lot of polyester in it uh avoid it you know generally there are some brands in india that are making it but in my experience generally i use fight aesthetic which is mm-hmm. which is a brand uh, it's an asian brand and recently they signed uh, nicholas meregali one of the best grapplers in the world you know if i'm ever wearing a gi i always wear fight aesthetic gis because they are best best for india you don't want a gi which is too thick you know european gis or they're so thick it becomes so hot you want to die uh, okay. so fight aesthetic is good because they make gis which are just perfect for our weather they're not too uh, they're not too thick you can breathe in it you can survive in it and they are very good quality they last you like 8 9 years easy i have the first gee they gave sent to me was 2014 i still have it i still use it uh, so yeah if i had to recommend one brand just just go get them if you got anyone coming from malaysia singapore uh, or if you want to just you know get in touch with me or anyone from cross chain they'll help you get uh, fight aesthetic gee uh, just get because again you don't want to spend 5000 on a gee in local manufacturer and in in one year it tears off now you right. got to find another new gi this happens so many times where you know someone buys a local gi and the gi pant come gi pant goes first always <laughs> yeah. um, it, and now you got to now now you got sambo uniform happening you just got the top you don't have a bottom uh, right. starts to look very funny so right. so yeah get a good brand fight aesthetic is good in india you mm-hmm. got 411 fight where they they're doing a good job as well with with gis so you can probably reach out to them if you want an indian gi But fight aesthetic is hands down the best I've ever used. Nice, nice. And uh, just l- last thing, you know, I w- want to ask: Do you have a lot of female athletes training at uh, at your club, jujitsu at least? Um, we've got around uh, around ten to twelve uh, athletes currently training at Cross Train. Mm-hmm. I wish the number was higher, but Cross Train at the moment is 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 a is a place where it's more MMA oriented. Uh, right. So a lot of people have moved from their dif- respective cities to Delhi to train at Cross Train. So, right. so people from like Northeast, people from like South India, from Bombay, Bangalore, they've all moved to Delhi to train with us, uh, mm-hmm. and that's led to a weird like our academy was never like this. It's just fighters, 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 fighters. So it has right. scared off some of the casuals, uh, casual mm-hmm. Delhi people mm-hmm. and girls included. They're like they come in and they see like. so much testosterone and they see like so many fighters scares them a little bit but now i think even the girls who've stuck on 
like Anvisha is competing in the Asian Championship. We have Anandita who's been who's been training with us for a while. So these girls right. have been around, and uh, now they can tap out, you know, some real tough guys. That's the girls who stick on in this environment become real mm-hmm. badasses. So the girls right. who stuck on have become really good. So we got ten, twelve, but each of them is a handful to roll with. Like they're killers. Right, and uh, you know one of the mentalities you know I I faced you know uh, uh, challenges I faced when I was talking to women who who want to enter the sport, jujitsu, number one is is a very obviously all combat sports are physical, but in this case you know you get into very awkward positions, and at the end of the roll you are drenched in sweat and it's not just your sweat, it's everybody else you roll with it as well right, and that puts a lot of you know casual uh, you know women who want to train casually. it puts him off how do you deal with that typically i think it's very important to look after your new members so if any new girl is coming in for training i can very safely put them in a role with our purple belts um right. i'll roll mm-hmm. with them or a high level blue belts will roll with them because they know how to roll mm-hmm. with someone safely uh, mm-hmm. and they also know how to put the other person at ease right. i would not send them on a role with an mma crazy guy who's been training for 3 months Right. that's the quickest way of losing uh, you know training partners and women from training so every time i've had to uh, roll with a new new girl or uh, you know a new member in general it's always been very comfortable you know because we know how to roll and what positions to set them in um, right. and you put them in ease you let them know exactly what the goals are what the objectives are uh, positional rolling really helps when you're confined to a specific position for example you can start a roll uh, from the back position where they're trying to strangle you they know how to strangle because you've taught them in the class and right. they just work one position so it's not awkward or odd at all it's just when they don't know what the hell is going on and then they right. find themselves on the back with you know a sweaty man on top that's when they don't know what's happening so right. it's very important to initially uh, make them understand the fundamentals so at crosstrain we've got these fundamental classes which happen and uh, a lot of the girls have to spend like 2 to 3 months in just doing fundamentals where they can't roll not allowed to roll at right. most after a month we'll let them do uh, positional training but no full sparring they don't get to train with like fighters or anyone so right. once they start understanding positions they start seeing openings they understand leverage they understand where they should be then we can let them do open sparring you let girls right. into open sparring from day 1 against crazy people obviously they're not going to stick on absolutely right perfect you know i didn't realize we we already we already 53 minutes in <laughs> i don't want to take much of your friday evening but you know before we conclude you know anything you want to share with the audience out there anything about the sport about you know anything you want to just give out as pearls of wisdom uh pearls of wisdom i don't know i don't know i think <laughs> i think it's it's, it's been uh, i can see that the last 11 years Uh, that have been that have gone into uh, you know growing the sport in india it's been a challenging ride uh, and uh, somebody asked me last week and training would you would i do it again uh, and often times it's it's you know i would say no because uh, it's been so difficult i don't want to do it all over again gone from the from the dark days where you know it was very difficult like putting in all your life savings into a business which you know people didn't believe in you lost a lot of money i made a lot of losses blah 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 uh, so it was a very difficult journey but then there are days where you get recognized and and some young kid comes in and he says you know i'm not doing mma because of you guys and what uh, you've managed to create and those days you feel like 
you know the the sacrifice uh, has been worth it so so yeah for anyone like if you're really passionate about something man try it and uh, who knows man maybe it'll take you to to great things and i never thought in my life that i'll be representing india uh, you know at the asian games i never thought i mean especially because i was a boxer and i knew how you know how if you're you know once you're 18 19 20 it becomes almost impossible to represent india in boxing so right. to be you know in my 30s and representing india at the asian games it just feels like a blessing uh, so i'm very excited and anyone who wants to try it i, I would strongly recommend trying combat sports i think it's amongst all the sports i've played and i've played a lot uh, combat sports are the most fun and i think they change you as a person they change your dna you start to see things differently you start to understand what it means to be a man if you are a man uh, i think uh, you know we we we've evolved from uh, you know killing tigers and surviving that's how what that's what men were uh you know <laughs> back in the day and now a lot of the men are lost because they don't know their purpose because they they no more tigers to hunt down there's no more <laughs> defending okay so they lost they lose purpose so that's why i think combat sports comes in and it's so helpful for uh, mental health and for general overall health uh, of men because now they have a purpose now they get to fight again now they get to be warriors again and uh, so yeah i would strongly recommend anyone anywhere in the world uh if you want to try something new you want to try a new sport and you might feel like oh i'm too old because that's what you get in india no you're too old now you know right. you're too old to play a sport you know new too old to do blah 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 you're never too old man i mean with right. combat sports right. which is too you can do this at any age uh mm-hmm. you must have seen it in the us you know when you these ibgf tournaments you got like masters 8 happening people who exactly. are 60 year old fucking <laughs> right. strangling right. each other so there's no <laughs> age for this you can do this at any age right perfect great i mean i could not have said it better myself you know thank you for that and uh, best of luck for your campaign in the asian games i will be rooting for you personally and i'll try to get to catch a feed whenever i can out here and uh, i hope you guys come back with a medal or two but even if you don't you know you you guys have already made us proud by you know representing india out there so best of luck and kevin alfred david is on the stream he's saying all the best as well he's called you the best person to talk about this sport so uh, sorry who's that <laughs> kevin alfred david he's one of the best oh, wow. okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so i'm a fan of his work <laughs> so yeah so shout out to kevin as well thanks for joining in and yeah that's it for today and thank you siddharth for giving us the time and uh, thanks everybody for joining in uh, we'll catch you on the next episode uh, of beyond the gloves next week thank you thank you